It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to Iowa's Newsworthy Past. The following episode includes items published in the Velisca Review in Velisca, Iowa, on Thursday, October 31st, 1912. Last clue proves worthless. They developed another clue in the Velisca murder mystery last week, but it proved worthless upon investigation, just like the others have. Now the detectives and the authorities have no clues at all, and the mystery is growing deeper and deeper daily. The only hope seems to lie in an investigation by the United States Postal Department, and unless something of this kind is done, it seems most likely that the murderous fiend who butchered eight people with an axe will never be known. The clue referred to produced a great deal of excitement when it came to light and consisted of the finding by two sons of James Grinder of this city of some old clothes and a pair of old shoes on the Frank Winter Farm northeast of Villisca. The boys were out hunting and their dog came upon the clothes in a hollow log. When they returned to town, they told their grandfather, D.A. Wirt, about it. And Mr. Wirt, who is a hunter and trapper by profession, went out and looked the clothes over. The find consisted of a pair of overalls, a jumper, and a pair of old tan shoes. The overalls had a patch on the seat and two big holes cut in the knees. There seemed to be evidences of blood on the sleeve. It looked like the real goods, and so Mr. Wirt reported the circumstance to Marshal J.H. Horton. Mr. Horton sent his deputy, E.F. Carnes, out to bring the clothes in, and H.E. Moore and Mr. Wirt went along to assist and to make an examination of the premises. Coroner A.L. Lindquist was notified of the find, and he cut out a portion of the sleeve where the blood appeared and had it sent to a chemist for analysis. But on Sunday, the mystery was cleared up when F.L. Winter telephoned to the marshal that the clothes belonged to his son, Marvin, who kept them hid away to go swimming in. More Globetrotters Velisca was visited last Saturday by some more Globetrotters. In this case, they were a man and his wife, Mr. and Mrs. P.L. Fison of Colorado Springs, Colorado. They were en route to New York City, a distance of 2,100 miles. The trip is to be made in 90 days. This is Mr. and Mrs. Fison's honeymoon trip, and they are accompanied by their fox terrier pup, Duty. Mr. and Mrs. Fison left Colorado Springs September 21st, and in the 26 days hike had covered 675 miles, or an average of 32 miles a day. If they complete their journey in the 90 days, they will get a purse of $500 from the Pikes Peak Athletic Club. They do not travel on Sundays. There was another couple, Mr. and Mrs. G.A. Miller, left Colorado Springs at the same time for New York by another route on the same wager. They left without any money and their only means of paying expenses is by selling their photograph on postal cards. Lecture November 6. Mrs. Edna Lyman Scott, Advisory Children's Librarian of the Iowa Library Commission, will deliver a lecture in the Presbyterian Church on the evening of November 6th. Her subject is Society's Responsibility for What Children Read. Mrs. Scott is sent by the State Library Commission to give this lecture free of cost under the auspices of the local library board. To teachers and parents and all adults who are interested in the welfare of young people, 
Mrs. Scott has had a wide experience as a children's librarian, and teachers and parents should make a special effort to hear her lecture, as it is not only instructive, but entertaining. Children will not appreciate this lecture, as it is primarily for adults. Signed, Librarian. We'll finish work this week. District Court still in session at Red Oak. Resume of proceedings as furnished by the review special correspondent. The October term of District Court will close this week, and although no jury was called, still a considerable number of cases were disposed of. The grand jury was in session until Thursday of the first week and returned a number of indictments, all of which were not made public. Harry Dunn, who forged a number of checks on banks in this part of the state, was indicted for forgery and was given a sentence of 10 years at Anamosa on a plea of guilty. L.J. Harold was indicted for forgery and was given 60 days thereon. Henry Cooper was indicted for assault with intent to commit great bodily injury, but as the man who was injured by Cooper is still in the hospital and could not appear as a witness, the case was not tried. Cooper is still in the county jail in default of giving bond. Cleveland and Almond of Clarinda obtained a judgment of $200 and interest thereon at 6% from January 27, 1909 against L.D. Ashby. C.A. Lyle of Clarinda was appointed guardian of the person of George W. Holt, a person of unsound mind. The case of Lane v. Stennett was an accounting between the parties and was settled by the parties. The case of J.P. Peterson v. A.J. Tell was settled. R.L. Strickland obtained a judgment against George H. Winter on a note. J. Anderson obtained judgment against T.H. Ballard on a note. The referee's final report in case of Ager Fisher v. Oliphant was approved and referee discharged. The referee in case of Brown v. Denton was discharged. In case of Villisca Investment Company v. Esther C. Austin, the final report of the receiver was approved and receiver discharged. In case of Anna Krutzinger v. Martin Krutzinger, the referee was allowed $75 as compensation. Divorces were granted as follows. E.H. Gallup from Hattie Gallup, Lillian Verrett from Edward Verrett, Sadie Malberg from Charles Malberg, Annie Ashing from Ira C. Ashing, Bessie Gilkison from John W. Gilkison, Florence Eiler from Henry Eiler, Hattie Downey from Charles Downey. In State of Iowa v. P. Stokesburgery, the defendant was enjoined on account of being a bootlegger. Halloween Parties Teachers Entertained Friday evening of last week, the teachers of both the Lincoln and the high schools were entertained by Mrs. Emma Pearson and Linny Moore at the home of Miss Pearson in the southeast part of town. The home was artistically decorated in colors of yellow and black with Halloween emblems such as black cats with green eyes, witches with brooms, etc., and lighted with jack-o'-lanterns. The entertainment for the forepart of the evening was Kensington, and for the latter part, games of a brain-racking nature were enjoyed. Light refreshments were served, which was not the least pleasing part of the evening's entertainment. These meetings of the teachers are to be a monthly affair, 
and will enable the teachers to become better acquainted. Epworth League Social The Epworth League held a Halloween social at the Methodist Church last Saturday evening. The guests entered by the front door of the church, where they found the auditorium in darkness, except for the faint lights of several jack-o'-lanterns and the room infested with ghosts who were giving forth agonizing groans and hideous noises, giving the visitor rather a creepy feeling. After removing the wraps, the guests were ushered by ghosts to the basement of the church, where the dining room was suitably decorated with corn fodder, pumpkins, and autumn foliage. The witch's cauldron was there with a red-hot fire under it, and later in the evening the witch kindly related the past and future fortunes of the guests. Spooky games were played and refreshments were served, making the evening a very pleasant one. A Pre-Halloween Party Wednesday evening of last week, Mr. and Mrs. C. M. Graham entertained their friends to the number of 20 at a pre-Halloween party. The decorations were of yellow and black, and the Halloween novelties were numerously and artistically arranged over the house. A three-course supper was served, and in this, the color scheme was effectively carried out. Mrs. Gertrude Browning and Minnie Van Newell did the serving. Fortune-telling and games were the chief entertainment of the evening. Priscilla's Will Entertain when ghosts and witches walk at ye sign of ye black cat, ye jolly Priscilla's will be at home. And certain gentlemen who have the honor of being the husbands of said jolly Priscilla's have been invited to partake of some Halloween joy at the home of Mr. and Mrs. Albert Jones on Friday evening of this week. The gentlemen have been requested to bring fishing tackle 